You are now rocking with the Bunt, the people's podcast, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. It's no-brainer, baby. It's Vans. Uh, license and registration, because I smell some dope. And I'm talking about that outfit. Did you get that here? That's sick. And this week, we talking Vans Park Payout, a contest going across our great nation with your chance to win $1,000. Secure your own bag, baby. Get in your local indoor skate park and start filming. All entries must be in by February 28th and will be judged by members of the Vans Canada team. And the winner at each location gets $1,000. You heard? Yo, there's five locations and they're as followed. Spin Skate Park in Montreal, judged by Etienne Gagné. You know the one, E.T. The Skate Loft in Toronto, judged by Lee Yanku. The Edge Skate Park in Winnipeg, judged by Una Ferrar a.k.a. Lil Tubsy, you know what I'm saying? The Compound in Calgary, judged by Riley Boland. And SBC Restaurant in Vancouver, judged by Adam Hopkins. So go get your bangers, yo. Yo, we trying to win that 1K too, eh? I don't care how old we is. We coming for that money. Yo, D. Jones, let's go to Skate Loft right now. Well, after this episode. <laughs> Luckily for us, you can enter as many times as you want. All you got to do is hashtag Vans Park Payout. And hashtag your local skate park. Vans, off the wall since 1960. Motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. Yo, 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 welcome back episode six season eight goddamn time's flying yo i'm just daydreaming about the switch flip front blunt i'm gonna do it loft you know ben patterson and john cause ain't got shit on us b let's get this entry in vans park payout i like your enthusiasm dog but i'm a bit of a realist i'm gonna be working on those tricks i hope to have when i'm 40 you know oh damn it we've reached the halfway point of season eight sit back because it's gonna be a good one baby I'm D Jones. I got the ghost with me. Ants one behind the scenes. You know the one killing it on Insta on the daily. Yeah. It's a cool thing. Still. Yo, ghost, what's popping this week? Yo, this week we got a real motherfucking legend in the building. You know the one. Joke is Trucy. You know what I'm saying? He's part of the brains behind the epicness of Alien Workshop and Habitat. So fun to fucking sit down and talk with them. Hear some stories from back in the day. Hear some stories from the present. God damn, Kareem Campbell, you're a savage, B. <laughs> we chatted up with Joe, then we taking y'all straight to the post office. And then, of course, the rundown, where we're catching up on uh, All-Star Weekend, some football gossip. It's a good, it's, it's a, what do we like to call it around here, B? It's a bit of a fucking barn burner, if you <laughs> ask us. Yo, ain't that the truth? And we haven't done too many of these this year, but the ghost has a new favorite skater, so you know what time it is. It's random shout-out time with the ghost. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By now, I'm sure most of our listeners are, uh, you know, educated skaters who know what's good and know what's fucking Absolutely. dope. So I'm guessing by the, the time knowers. you hear this, you've already seen the Sour video. But I got to give a shout-out to the Sour Boys. Sour Solution 2, an actual barn burner. 
Got, yo, if there was Oscars in skating, someone's got to give it to my man Gustav Tonison. Filmed the whole video, edited the whole video, and is, I mean, I hate to compare skaters, but he's the best skater on the damn team. What a fucking legend. I love him so much that I don't even let the man bun bother me. That's how fucking epic he is. I was the driving force behind Sour, man. Gustav, you're already one of my favorites, but you might be top three if, if you got rid of the man bun. But holy shit. Bro, you're, I, I went back and watched his footy in the Adidas video where he cut his hair, and I'm like, this guy might be the steeziest dude on the planet, but even the man bun can't stop me from loving his skating. And he ended his part with a switch tray. D. Jones, you got to fucking put some respect on this guy's name. Since when do I disrespect Gustav? What the hell? <laughs> no, I'm just saying you haven't watched oh. the part. I actually watched it seven times last night. Every time the fucking All-Star game went to commercial break, just threw on his part again. Anyways, that's, that's enough. some real that's love, man. Let's me. get to Sour. Make this a PSA. Help us get Gustav on the show. True. Reunite the ghost and his favorite skater. <laughs> yeah, if you know Gustav and you listen to the show, tell him to check his DMs. I swear I've DM'd him twice in the last couple years but uh hours sometimes those fucking epically good skaters are really shy maybe that's just or i don't know if he speaks english good but we got to get the man on the show one of studio these e is a safe place for everyone real shit and uh also uh oscar switch heel back tail into that bank was epic the whole video is epic that if you haven't insane. watched it go watch that shit right now fucking the loop the street yeah. loop god damn yo and yo, it must be a wacky week in skateboarding when two people put out a double frontside flip over the wave to bar thing in Barcelona. Albert Nyberg and Chris Haslam. But yeah, once again, shout out to the Sour Boys. Yo, Joseph Scott, underrated. You dig? And now it's time for my random weekly shout out to CHPO brand, putting diamonds on wrists and giving the people what they want. It's contest time, baby. What you got for the people? All right. We're going to go back in time to a little rapid fire. We want to know which guest described their worst style as looking like a crouched down pirate greaser. That 70 shows, dad. You email us at thebuntlive at gmail.com. Your answer first thing Wednesday morning. And you're going to have a box arriving at your door. The ghost style. Yo, I haven't been asking for boxes. Yo, CHPO, let me get a box too. Damn it. But yeah, CHPO brand, check them out on Instagram at their website, chpobrand.com. Bro, if you don't win the contest, it's still time to get some diamonds on your wrist and get down with the Bunt Gang. CHPO brand, they doing it for the people every single week this season. They some real ones over there. And speaking of real ones, like we said, Joe Castrucci in the building couldn't be happier. The brains behind the project over there at Habitat and Alien. He's been a part of all your favorite videos, Mosaic, Photosynthesis, Inhabitants, the list goes on. And now he can add the Bunt Live guest to his resume. <laughs> <laughs> That's some real shit. That's the highlight on his resume these days. Yo, let's crack these fucking cold ones. You get me? Yo, fridge, open yourself. I want a couple green cans, steam whistles on deck, Canada's premium pilsner, the only ones. All right, y'all, we got Joe Castrucci in the building. 
What's up, man? Nothing. How you guys doing? Chilling, man. Chilling. How's the weather over there in Ohio? It's probably similar to yours. It's like I think it's like 14 today. I'm not sure what the conversion is there, <laughs> but it's like minus minus 15 here today Celsius. So it's fucking freezing. Man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. It's going outside sucks right now. Uh, my kitchen sink froze yesterday. It was horrible. <laughs> is that why the water wasn't working? Yeah. Oh my god. We we put the heat on real high and it defrosted eventually, but. <laughs> hectic times yeah. yeah it's good it didn't break ours like snapped and like water like frozen water was all over the garage Damn. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so we start every show off the same hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment sports moment holy shit i don't even know i i wouldn't even know where to begin not a sports guy no uh, you never played anything growing up or anything nothing damn yeah i tried i i mean i could I faked it for a minute, but I was like, I was like an art guy, you know? Yeah. It was like skate and art. Okay, favorite skate moment. We did a demo one time in Costa Rica, and we got mobbed at the end of the demo and pretty much escaped for our lives. And there was kids hanging on the van, and uh, it was pitch black, like in a really small town in Costa Rica. That's probably the most bizarre thing that's happened. <laughs> With there's a million Fred stories that are, you know, unbelievable, mm-hmm. and those just kind of blur together. Into <laughs> yeah, the, we'll have to get it, into some of those. Yeah, yeah, but I mean the Costa Rica thing was just crazy because it was probably one of the first international trips I'd ever done, and I'd never seen a reaction like that. And it was before social, you know, it was like 2000, yeah. so like it was like the biggest deal in the world for these kids to see like Tim and Carrie and winning, and it, it was just it was insane. Also, back then, Brennan was mostly filming, and Tony Heights was the team manager, and he was in Ohio, so it was there was kind of like not a lot of uh, discipline really in, this, in a lot of those trips, so shit just went kind of nuts. Did they all skate? Were they all skate kids, or do you think they were just hyped? I think kids, they were like period. a mix. mix. Yeah, a mix. And there was yeah. a lot of little skate dirt, you know, and like I mean, there was definitely like. It was in the heat of like the 411 era, so they were just like, I mean, they had quotes from videos. They, I mean, they knew, you know, they knew, they knew who they were. So wow. it, was, it was pretty wild. So where'd you come up, and how'd you get into skating? Uh, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and my cousins were into skating, like in like the late 80s, and I was like into BMX, and then I, you know, I slowly converted, and then they they quit skating, and I just, you know, just fully obsessed with it and just skated in Cincinnati and like Northern Kentucky where they, where they lived and just, just like everyone full obsession, you know? Yeah. Got a hold of you. And that was that. Yeah, pretty much. Once you wax that curb, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about the BMX? Yo? <laughs> oh, I was terrible at it. I tried. That, I was, that didn't hook you no, for life. Thankfully. No, no, it was like probably the only athletic thing that worked was skating maybe like yeah skating and like woodsy stuff there's a lot of woods where we grew up so mm-hmm. there's a lot of like hiking and climbing and stuff but skating was like the you know the one well we're thankful uh you ditched the bmx yo <laughs> <laughs> so what was your first big break in the skate industry how did it all come together oh here you go here this might have been my weirdest story this might have been my most memorable story um i was in high school and uh this is so random. And remember Strength Magazine? Do you guys remember that? 
Mm. It was like was a, like a bodybuilding one. No, no, no. It was like a skate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, there was actually that. No, it was like full uh, extreme. It was bullshit. Like extreme sport, whatever skate. You know, like a mix of everything. But they did like uh, music and skate, and eventually it just became a skate magazine. And then eventually CCS bought it, I think. But uh, prior to all that, they had just gotten started, and uh, they put an ad out in the Cincinnati, like personal ad, or not, some some kind of listing like looking for skateboard kid to skate and model for adidas and this is like oh. 1995 right i was like yeah. 17 and i was like oh this is weird you know fuck i guess i'll try it it was like trip get a trip free trip to new york so i you know i like whatever like turn in a resume and the guy was like yeah you know send us a video of you skating and then um meet us in the office whatever you know whatever they, they liked the skating and they thought it I looked apart or something. So I went to the office and they were like, all right, here's what we're working. Here's what we're doing. We're working with an ad agency and we're shooting an Adidas campaign. They're going to start getting into skate shoes, right? Wow. Or like they're going to, it was some kind of weird fashion skate thing. And uh, they're like, we're going to send a photographer down and drive up to New York. And this will be like, basically the, 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 I, the concept was like small town kid in New York City. And mm-hmm. I'd already like been, you know, I was super into skating. So like, yeah, I was like watching all the Brooklyn Bank shit. All, you know, I was like, I knew everything about skateboard. You know, I was like, <laughs> so I had to go to the banks with this group of like terrible fucking like photographers on rollerblades. Oh. And like all my favorite skaters were there. And I had to, I was like skating the wall and, you know, like fully skating. <laughs> and there, and it was like, I remember just seeing like all my the people I'd seen on Formula One and just being like, this is fucking humiliating but they still were trying to shoot photos you know so that's yeah that's that was my first that's the first time i really saw skating on the level that you know pro skating and being in the scene and stuff and i actually met like people there and they were cool and it was fine but i just felt like such a dork that's so yeah Yeah. what an introduction yeah Yeah. (laughs) they were like there was like kickflip shot like you know when you're an inch back from landing on the ground like you know it was like terrible And the photographers were on rollerblades? This dude was following me at the banks on rollerblades. God damn. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. Yeah. (laughs) Humiliating. So that was your first big break into the skate industry? That's when I first met people and like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I got to, you know, then then after that I got into filming and then through those connects started filming some of those people and like went to Boston, you know, filmed for 411 and stuff. Okay. So maybe 411? Yeah, 411 like, was my first, like, industry kind of thing. Just doing, like, filming segments. Uh, you, know, you know Dave Cato? No. Uh, yeah, he's, he's from here, but he lives in he lives in New York. And then uh, Nate Jones, who used to ride for real. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I grew up with him. Like, so I would just film parts of those guys, submit to 411 for, like, check, you know. I don't even know what they were called. I forget. Wheels of Fortune? There, that's it. Yeah, profiles. Yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So when did you start... Uh, turning more to to filming uh i just realized that i was you know i was like okay i've hit i've hit my limit to how good i'm gonna get at skating so like i was always into creative stuff and music and art so i was like okay this is the most logical next step where i can stay in skateboarding you know and contribute and i was always into it like anytime i saw skating and listened to music i would like visualize editing and stuff you know Mm -hmm. so i was like i was like okay this is this has more of a future for me. You peaked at Brooklyn Banks with the kickflips. Yeah. <laughs> I probably peaked to... before. That was probably on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I feel you. So can you tell us about the beginning of your involvement with Alien Workshop? How did that start? Uh, strangely enough, that came from a newspaper ad too. I was, uh, I had started like doing my own kind of graphic design and editing and, and animations and they put an ad in the paper for a graphic designer. So I submitted a portfolio. It was like, you know, workshop was in Dayton and I lived in Cincinnati. So it was like a local paper, you know, it's like probably 45 minute drive. And, uh, but they were always so mysterious and I never knew. You never knew what was happening at the workshop, you know? So uh, when I saw the ad, I was like, holy shit, this is insane. So, and I was like 19, you know, or 20, I was 20 at that point. And I put together a portfolio of art and uh, a little reel of like animations. Um, like I scanned a bunch of workshop boards and did like a bunch of After Effects stuff, like early, you know, shitty old computers and sent it to them. And they were like, uh, Carter, I think, called me and was like, hey, uh, would you want to come up and do an interview? And I did. I went for the interview. And I think Carter had forgotten that he set it up. So it ended up just being me and Hill. And Hill's Carter, you know, they're partners. So I just talked to Hill. We bullshitted. And then I came up again for a second interview. And they were like, hey, we hired someone for the design to, uh, job. But would you want to be a video guy and team manager, you know? So I was like, yeah, hell yeah. So I, damn. Yeah. So I signed up for that and I was like driving to Dayton every day, like editing and then going, started going on skate trips to meet everybody. Damn. So alien workshop had an ad, like a classified ad in the newspaper. In the newspaper. It was like 1998. That'll never happen now. No, no. Like that's insane. Yeah. This is 98. So (laughs) they were like, it is big warehouse. I mean, it was, it was like intimidating. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I was like palm sweating. I was like outside, like, oh my, this is so scary. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when and why did Habitat come into the picture? That's kind of a random one too. Uh, I was in LA uh, filming with Dill and Ave and Deerdick. Like every, I'd moved there and I was uh, filming them just like every day. And me and Deerdick just started talking. This is like 99 we just started talking like, man, it'd be cool to start an offshoot of the workshop. And uh, we went through a bunch of ideas and he had ideas and I had ideas and they were really different, you know, <laughs> like we were just not, I mean, it wasn't like confrontational or anything. It was just like, wow, mm-hmm. this is like pretty obvious that we have different ideas. <laughs> and uh, he kind of went on his own thing and I think just got into, he was like doing like a, a label, at the, like a record label at the time. And I just dug in and started like coming up with like, ideas for habitat and like logos and stuff and and uh don pendleton was working there too so we it was mike hill don pendleton and myself were all kind of uh trying to develop some ideas and names and um habitat was actually a shop in dayton that lasted like it didn't last very long but some of our friends ran it and it was it was a good shop but i kept saying the whole time i was like man i really wish there was a name like Habitat that meant what it means, but wasn't Habitat. Because I didn't want to, you know, they had already used it. Yeah, you didn't want to use that name. So we were like, fuck. Like, we were all thinking of names that come with logos. And I just kept coming back to it. Like, dude, I, there's got to be something that means, you know, like cities, but nature, but humans, and, you know, how it all ties together. I really like that whole idea of it all, you know, like, because when you're skating, you're outside, and you're in the mm-hmm. seasons, and then you're in the cities. It's just cool, you know. It's, you're in, like, yeah. this, you know. So I was like, 
and eventually got to the point where like we need a name like trade shows like in two months and then we just went with it and uh dear kind of gave us the blessing but he wasn't that psyched and then he's like yeah, you guys <laughs> you guys just do it like i'm gonna come up with something else later so it i that's how i remember it i, <laughs> I was like 20 so what was what was dear plan what 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 were his ideas uh like? god i'm trying to think they weren't, they weren't like bad. They were just really different. It was more like uh, we both liked at the time, uh, like alphanumeric and like American oh, Dream. Yeah. You know, I really liked all that stuff, Metropolitan and all that. I was like, man, that stuff is so cool. But uh, all that had kind of passed, you know. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know, what's in the, you know, I like the, you know, and I always, I also like the idea of like urban skaters, like dudes who like actually skated the cities. Where Deirdre was more into like, you know california and stuff and i really like the east coast more because i you know i grew up on this side of the country so i always looked up to freddie and like donnie bar all the eastern exposure stuff yeah. you know tim um so anyways where was i going with that anyway oh i guess he just wanted like something cleaner and like more like hip-hop kind of vibe yeah like uh, sporty sporty like this is this is like the swishy pants era so he was like yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of that stuff you know where i was like it wasn't really like my personality you know so it did it. Whatever. It was just not a very good fit between we were. But me and Rob were really good friends. We were like the odd couple. We were like always joked around and fucked with each other and stuff. But we're really different. <laughs> <laughs> you still you still keep in contact with Rob? No, not really. Like every now and then, yeah. he's he's still like the most like uh, super genuine dude. You know, mm-hmm. he just happens to like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he, Monster he, tattoos on his back. Yeah, he's kind of. Like, <laughs> He, he he understands the pulse of like, you know, middle America and the, the he understands the pulse <laughs> of the masses. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yo, know, was that tattoo real? It was fake, right? Please tell me it was. Yeah, fake. it's fake. Okay. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even think he has any tattoos. Or no, he does have a few, but that that one's fake. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> He's a legend. Mad love for Deer Dick. He blew our minds at a demo back in the day. Dude, me too. Sick demo. There, was, see that's what ended up that that's is that was his idea yeah, kind that, of? that was that was his thing that was like uh, his baby so that's Seek. yeah and him and Kalis kind of pioneered that in yeah. common oh, damn well one's still around and one isn't <laughs> i guess you had the better idea Seek <laughs> was was really short man yeah it was sick though yeah short but sweet good team too yeah the team was amazing like yeah yeah i, I think they knew they knew pretty early on there was like well we could drag this out or just kind of clip it and so i think hill wanted to like focus more on the workshop because that was his baby and he was yeah. working a lot on seek yeah so it was right. kind of like yeah just kind of unfortunate was, but it made sense yeah yeah it was one of those had things. a quick little run yeah for sure yeah alex was like insane you remember that guy alex carolino oh yeah of course God, and flow like amazing Woo. yeah both those guys yeah not to mention Greg Myers was on there too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was Seek before were they on when the Lords video came out, were they on Seek? Cuz that was like the height of their powers. That's a good question. It might have been a little bit after. That was pretty close though. Right around that era, 03, yeah. 04, 05, like yeah, somewhere in those yeah. two years. We hear you don't fuck with popsicle sticks. No. What's up with that? I do Something not. about the wood? Yeah, I don't fuck with I don't fuck with uh, that I don't fuck with that wood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no no uh, sorry my dog's barking no that's all good no coffee stirs no popsicle sticks no uh, you know like thing at the doctor where they put the wood thing on your tongue 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what. what? It, yeah, it's a, it's something. I don't know what. What I, is it? I have no idea, but it's be, it's like a serious like pet peeve. Like I'm pretty neurotic, so it, it, it's <laughs> it's one of those things though where it's like everyone fucks with me about it too. I remember one time I was on a trip with Dill. And he taped a bunch of Starbucks stirs to the door handle of the hotel room, so I couldn't get in. <laughs> oh my god! It was god. just like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, did it actually work? <laughs> no, it I kept got, you I, out. No, nah, I feel like I just kicked them off. <laughs> <laughs> so did something happen with them, or what? You just no, I don't. I just, you just I, have never been down. No, no, not down. It's the yeah, the flavor, the the texture. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't even touch so them. How, <laughs> how do you eat popsicles? Then you can't eat popsicles. I don't. I don't even. I don't even eat them. If you take the stick out, I won't even eat them because you can. They're still remnants. Oh my god! <laughs> so you've never had a popsicle? I've never had a popsicle. Wow! Just take a bite like <laughs> off the top, yo. That's, that's I may have infected. done that when I was a kid, but even yeah. that, yeah, I could smell it. It's in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Damn. <laughs> All right, back to skating a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about going to Philly to film with Kalis and Gal? For the alien workshop industry section of 411 yeah that was the first that was like like crash course and and meeting pro skaters you know carter was just like they had like a mid-80s shitty like four-cylinder caravan mm-hmm. and it burned oil and they were like hey you can take this wherever you want to go and i was like all right so it's the right when i started i was like i'm just gonna go to philly so i didn't even know kalis at all but i called him and i was like hey i'm i'm filming now for the workshop uh i'm gonna come up there He's like, all right, cool. And I, I didn't know him at all. And uh, yeah, and I just showed up one night and yeah, stayed there, filmed him. We, then we met Fred in Jersey, went to New York. Just like 98, like when RB was filming a lot. Like, was, okay. like me and RB were always around. And Strobeck, that's when I met Strobeck. I realized pretty early on on that trip just how how different the Kalis was than anyone I'd ever skated with. He was so consistent and good and just totally a, a real pro skater and i'd never filmed anyone like that that was so consistent and skated so fast and had so much pop it was it was insane like the filming that four on one section with him I, I i i definitely never seen skating at that caliber he was unbelievably good how epic was uh freddie back in those days he was just just as gnarly as he is now like yeah just like industrial strength yeah, he was. How can I explain him? Probably the rawest dude I'd ever met, you know. And, and <laughs> <laughs> but he was cool as hell. He's the nicest. Like I just remember thinking he was like, you know, the most sincere, friendliest dude. So that was cool. Dude, that gap to disaster he did in the new video. Oh yeah, that yeah, so was sick. fucked. Yeah, dude, that's how he is. If he skates for a month, you know, he's back. His yeah, he he gets it back really fast. That's fucking dope. Yeah. You want to give us your favorite Fred Gal story from over the years, if you could think of one? Uh, my, my favorite one is the, the infamous one where I wasn't even there, but the, the, um, the monks. I don't even know if you've heard that one, right, with the burning building? I don't think so. I think, did Wenning tell us that one? Possibly. He, I mean, that's did just, he save people or something? Yeah, he saved, yeah, saved, like pulled them out of a fire. Holy <laughs> yeah, like drunk, blacked out, pulled him on a fire. He's done that a few times. Uh, I think there's another time where he was in a cab, definitely like in the middle of the night, up to you know, definitely no good, and passed a car on its side and ended up like pulling people out of it, like just wow. yeah, the Incredible Hulk, you know. 
just yeah. doesn't think twice, puts himself at risk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But other than that, I mean, just lots of little, you know, I mean, he's the, he would be, I think he's mellowed out a bit, but we, you know, you get to a city and then he would just go, he would just be gone. You, you wouldn't see him for 24 hours and he would show up <laughs> at like a demo with just totally red eyes and just with the sketchiest characters like in that town. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he would somehow they would find each other. It's fucking wild. Would you consider him reliable though? Over the years, he's always at the demos, always meeting deadlines. Uh, I think so. I mean, he's not in the best physical shape when he gets there, but <laughs> he's, he's like, there. He's there. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like I was like an employee of the workshop too, so they had to mm-hmm. kind of be on somewhat decent behavior because Carter was like their dad, you know. Yeah. And I was like. I was there like, oh, shit, I got to keep this together. You know, and I was scared for my own job. So I was like, shit, yeah. <laughs> nothing, we can't go to jail. Like, you know, none of these guys can go to jail. So I would try to keep everyone, you know, somewhat in line. And that, when I wasn't there, that's when the craziest shit happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty pretty broad range of characters to TM. Yeah, oh, yeah. Full. No, for sure. Yeah, some, it got real, real dark. Like, 03, like, post-Mosaic was probably the... Where it was really like, man, these guys are, whew, this is this is rough. It was like just the major. I was like, the majority of team writers were uncontrollable, you know. Also back then, Brennan was mostly filming, and Tony Heights was the team manager, and he was in Ohio, so it was there was kind of like not a lot of uh, discipline really in this, in a lot of those trips. So shit just went kind of nuts. <laughs> and they they all got fucking too popular after that making too much money yeah it was that yeah it was that after tony hawk pro skater and like every skateboard was selling for every brand and people yeah, yeah there were people were making like real money and just like yeah partying damn yo i didn't realize that uh tony hawk pro skater made like an the impact like that for the whole industry that's dope oh yeah the early 2000s people i mean everyone had crazy cars like multiple houses it was wild oh yeah Chaos was into the cars big, wasn't he? Him and yeah. Deerdick. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of those dudes lost a lot of money. They probably lost their retirement on... A lot of money on cars. <laughs> on cars and car accessories. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there in one of the on videos, maybe it was uh, the Love Park one, but you see Chaos in some of his whips. Some of the, the BMWs are just outrageous. Yeah, for sure. How does a skater have this money? But <laughs> that Tony Hawk wave, man. Yeah, exactly. It's all come crashing down to earth, though. Yeah, yeah. I always thought, like, man, these things, this car, in one year time, you know, lost twenty thousand dollars in value, and they oh, they would do it's that the worst like, investment. Yeah, they would do it like ten times in a row, like within like five years. So they just add it up. It's just like fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had like multiple sources of income, you know. So it'd be like shoes, mm-hmm. and then just some, you know, random company that would jump in and try to make money in skating. So yeah, there would be like ten sources of money. And they wouldn't all last, but they would add up, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's all about the new company trying to make a splash. Exactly. Set up a team, pay everyone way too much. For one then, year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was pre, like, athletic shoes, too. So if you had a DVS shoe, it was like, you know, every skater it had good. it. Yeah. Yeah. The good old days. In yeah. DC, they were made, probably made of money back then. Oh, yeah. Break it down like whatever you want. One thing I have.
haven't heard from you in a while, Ghost, is that you're uncomfortable. And there's one reason for that. Brixton Steady Comfort has changed my man's life. Oh, what's that, Donald? My bad. I was just taking a quick nap. The level of comfort in these pants just keeps putting me to sleep. I'm in heaven, dog. And if the people want to randomly fall asleep at all times of the day because they're so damn comfortable, Brixton's Steady Comfort pants and shorts are the answer. Skating's never been so easy. Everything's first try. And falling asleep's never been so easy. I sleep in my pants now, Donald. Can you believe that? Ghost, that is the news we've all been waiting for. And it's also something everyone out there strives to do. So make yourself fall asleep in your own pants and head over to Brixton.com to purchase your own Steady Comfort pants or shorts and make your very own dreams come true. What's up with Wenning these days? Sometimes he's he's got some habitat stuff, some yeah. posts on his Instagram. We sent him boards. We did like a re-release of like his first graphic, and uh, I talked to him every now and then. Brennan talks to him pretty often. Brennan does like the TM stuff, but he's I think he's like doing all right. He's got a couple kids. He uh, skates the park like near his house. I don't think he skates street really anymore, but yeah, he seems to be doing all right. I think it's like up and down, you know. Street gets harder and harder. Yo. You need oh, that yeah. perfect skate park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you get old, man, you only got a couple hours. Sometimes to skate, it's just a lot easier. Yeah, Dude, some of his shit, like like last like last year, he was putting out some good stuff. Oh He's yeah, looking looking like old Wenning, you know. Mm-hmm. Some sweatpants and some links. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wenning, if you're listening, yo, 2019 street part. Is that what you want? No, I just want that like. A couple times a week, he'd post some skate park shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bill was telling us that he, uh, he like, just went up to New York, I guess. He, like, just started filming for for you guys, and he just met Papuardo and Wenning kind of, like, the same way you met Kalis and Gao. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Me, me and Bill were both so green. I mean, I remember when the first time I met Bill... He didn't even really, he had a VX1000. He didn't even know how to use the shutter speed yet. He had just gotten it. And he was, it was in like a beanie inside like a shitty backpack. <laughs> and, and, I, and he was filming, me and him were both filming Kalis. And Kalis hadn't even met him yet either. So it was like. The backside flip? The backside flip, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Kay, I remember Kalis being like, because Bill was like from Philly and I was from fucking Ohio. And Kalis was like, that's the angle right there. We're using that one. And didn't even like. <laughs> And I remember Bill was like, dude, this, your angle is so much better, but he, Kales didn't care. He was just down for Bill. Yeah, Bill was hyped on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That summer was like the summer that everybody was at love. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then, yeah, then, then I introduced, uh, well, I remember with, I think Bill may have skated with Pops and Wenning before I even met him. I was just like, hey, man, we're, you know, we're flowing these dudes. Can you meet him? And he, yeah, he just met him just blind. Straight to the seaport wedges, you said. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so we hear there's a story involving uh, your girlfriend, a demo, and Kareem Campbell. Uh, what's oh, up man. with that? That's a dark one. Uh, <laughs> that was scarring. Yeah, I'm, I was like maybe 14. Like, World Industries demo, this is the best thing ever. Like, you know, those, those guys showed up. And this is like the height of like... You know, pros were so cool. They, you know, you're, they didn't talk oh, yeah. to you. They didn't look at you, and they looked like gods. You know, we were. I was like, oh my god, like look at their shoes, look at their wear, like smoking joints and shit. And I was just like, oh, 
And I had like the, my first girlfriend ever. And I remember like she was in line to get an autograph and I just look over and, and he's fully making out with her. Oh. With Kareem? Yeah, like full <laughs> long kiss. I was just like, oh. But I, I was, I, you know, when you're like that young, your your brain, you're not, you're not even developed. I was mm-hmm. like, is that cool? Am I? Is that cool that that happened? Or was like, <laughs> what what just happened? But that's so it, savage. Ended, it ended with a breakup, I think. Yeah, <laughs> no, oh, what a short breakup. <laughs> Damn, Kareem, dog. Remolds. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like you know, I mean, it was like in public, so it wasn't like over the top. But it was like definitely enough to like. You de- How does that even happen? Just. I mean, back then, you know, those it was like they were like rock stars, you know. Yeah. People showed up and. Yeah, especially in Cincinnati, like there was like one parking lot where like the van would show up and then just like you know dudes would skate and you've never seen anything like it. Wait, how old? How old was Kareem though? If if you and your girl were like fourteen, uh, is probably like eighteen. No. Or, well, maybe older. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She looked older though. <laughs> And just throwing defense. that out there. We may have been 15. Don't we were definitely Kareem, not driving. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. We got to get Remo on here, man. He, <laughs> he needs to answer it, for his crimes. And that's like, that's like a teenager's <laughs> memory of it. It was probably just like a, a peck. Like, I don't, you know. In my mind, it was more than that. But. <laughs> Never forgive him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, wait, have shit. you ever run into him again since? Uh, I've Yeah, me and Freddie actually hung out with him one night, like, years later. And like, uh, yeah, just like hung out in his house. I did like Freddie and him were friends. Did you bring it up? No, hell no. Oh. Yeah, I was still <laughs> so starstruck. funny. Yeah. Years later. <laughs> wow. A moment you've been waiting for in your head to like confront him and punch him in the face. And then you just fan out again. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened when you dropped off Kalis to play soccer? Oh, man. No, I didn't. It, that was the first night I'd gotten there. And uh, I, I get you know whatever we're in his apartment. I'm like quiet, like getting all my stuff charged. Like oh, I don't want to fuck this up. Like I'm gonna get my cameras charged. I'm like sitting there. It's like hot as hell. He had no AC. I remember he lived with Stevie, and it was like you know super crappy apartment. And it was really hot, and uh, all these people came over, and and Caleb's like, all right, we're about to take off, man. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna stay here. And he looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, well, we're going to play night soccer. And I was like all right yeah i'm just gonna stay here man i just i had just driven like 10 hours you know from ohio Mm -hmm. and i was like i was like all right dude have fun and he's like in front of everyone have fun and just like makes fun of me and then they're like (laughs) yeah yeah and then they just slam the door and walk out i was just like yeah just a quick roast on the way out (laughs) just made totally made fun of me for just like telling him to have fun (laughs) damn (laughs) so harsh back then man yeah yeah it was it was he, he, it took a minute to, to, for him. Actually, I don't know if he ever really liked me. I think, <laughs> I think that might still. I don't think we ever. I don't think we're friends. <laughs> God, to damn. this day, you're not friends. You gotta be I homies. I don't think. Well, maybe now because we're both old. You know. I remember another time I was with, uh, with Dill and him and Dill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Now he he was he was a kind of a character back then. You gotta tell like, us, man. Him and Dill, what? I remember one time we we were. I was, it was another time filming. Kale's gonna hate me for saying this because he was young and whatever. He was mm-hmm. he was dumb. We were all dumb, and uh, he was like talking shit. And we were. I remember we were filming a line, and Dill Dill was filming a line, and Kale's was filming a line. We're in New York, and Kalis comes back right when Dill's about to push off, and uh, he's like, 
He's like, hey, man, let me ask you something. Is it where you're at or where you're from? And Dill's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) 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 And I realized it's probably on tape, like right before the line starts. He just says it all fast and just skates off. But Kales was like obsessed with shit like that. Like he was, he had his, he he just had weird hangups back then. Yeah, I think he grew out of all that shit. What's the story behind Deerdick purchasing Alien to save the company? Did uh, that not work out as planned or what? So we we had sold it. Okay, so we were like, okay, we had we had gotten to this point where we had kind of done everything we can do, like in core skating. We couldn't really, we didn't really have good vendors. We couldn't make like better clothes. We couldn't really. It was really hard to grow, you know? Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, right right when the economy got really shitty. Mm-hmm. Like, 2008, you know? And and I didn't have any... It was all... This is all, like, Carter and Hill's personal money invested in it. And they were just like, man, we got to do something to either elevate this thing, you know, just so we can keep doing all this stuff. Because we were used to going on trips and, like, making videos. And, you know, videos back then cost a shitload of money. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and you had to wait like three or four years to put them out. So like, you're basically financing all this travel, you know? And so they were like, we need a partner to help us. So then we, we were like, who do we like that's like respectable and not publicly owned? So we, uh, met up with the dudes at Burton and they were like, cool guys, you know? And Carter and Hill, like, were comfortable with it. And so we ended up selling Workshop and Habitat to Burton, right? So... This was like, like the uh, analog time period, you know, like mm-hmm. analog and Gravis, like all that. So uh, we did that for a few years and it was good. And then Jake Burton was like, I'm, I don't want anything except for my core, like my original brands, you know, it's too much. I'm like getting stretched too thin. So he decided to unload everything. So when he unloaded everything, uh, I didn't have any money, you know, I was like just an employee and like, I mean, I was like a partner, but like, a, you know, I didn't have enough money to like buy Habitat, you know, from him. Yeah. So Deirdre was like, all right, I'm going to step in and I, I want to make sure these brands end up in good hands. So he took over all the financing, all the, fi- all the, basically all the overhead and everything from Burton. Wow. Yeah. And that's where it got weird because he's cool. But then he was like, all right, I need to find someone to help me. So then he tried to find like business partners to help him with sales, distribution, production, and it was just a bunch of really bad <laughs> matches, you know? Like yeah. like two really and I wasn't I mean he was doing his best, but we just he just like we just got aligned with really shitty partners and that's that's how that I mean that's how it happened, you know? So what happened yeah. from there? How did you guys make it work? Okay, so from there so the, okay, so basically, we got the second company that he aligned us with was kind of just like a fraud. You know, they were like they were actually Canadian. It was like what the hell was it called? Uh, Pacific Vector, mm-hmm. and they they were public in Canada, and they were like, "You guys can do whatever you want. We just want to fund it." And it didn't feel right, but we yeah. kind of didn't. Have, it wasn't really our call, but we were like, "Uh." All right, I guess if they can keep it going, like, <laughs> you know, we want to keep doing this and um, didn't want to cut any pros. You know, we just wanted to keep it going as we were, we just wanted to keep things going, you know? Yeah. And uh, it just did not, it was like, it took like three months for them to just go bankrupt. <laughs> so at that point, Deerdick stepped in was just, and again and was just like, I need the trademarks back. So before they, basically before they filed bankruptcy, 
we got our ownership back of, and he, then he was just like, all right, you guys take it from here. I, I can't, I don't want to get sucked into anything else. So then that's what happened. So then from there on out, he, he like financed things for a bit longer than he was just like, you guys are on your own. Good luck. So then me and Hill got the brands back and, uh, you know, Carter with some ownership. And since then we've just been doing ourselves. You just made it work. Yeah. We've, yeah. A couple different distribution deals that, without any ownership we're just like you know we aligned with people that we thought could help us distribute stuff and again everything just pointed to you guys need to just do this yourselves because there's no reason to have a middleman which we should have done all along Mm -hmm. if you want the job done right pretty much so after all that we just yeah Derek was cool and he was he worked with us and he was like i'll get i just want this to get back into your guys's hands and have it run out of ohio you know i'll help do you know i'll help you guys get it off the ground and then um, I don't want, you know, you guys got to do it yourselves. So then me and Hill, uh, just, I did Habitat on my own. Hill did workshop on his own. And then we started talking and he was, we basically, he was just like, came to the same conclusion again. He's just like, man, I, I, I really don't want to do all the business stuff and all the, you know, a lot of the details of everything. I just want to do art. So then me and him worked it out to where, now uh workshop and habitat are together and we're just running it as de- as basically sovereign sect again so it's basically just me and uh we're all I mean, all of us are doing it but it's it's working good like we got we've, we finally got it like sustainable and no weird sketchy partners and everything is growing you know at what point then did like alien because alien separated itself or like didn't exist maybe for a sec yeah there was like a a summer where it didn't exist Mm -hmm. yeah what happened there where like because we had uh mike taylor on and he was saying there's people threatening to quit if he didn't get kicked off but then a month later everyone quit and then there was no alien for a second yeah it got really hectic so after i'm trying to think when that happened before the pacific vector thing fully imploded dill and ave they were they were done they were out so they like that mikey taylor thing and the dylan ave stuff that happened before we knew that we were going to take it over on our own you know so it it had weird ownership at that time and i think dylan ave just saw the writing on the wall and they bailed before before it happened you know okay yeah but it, it yeah it got really hectic and now that that i mean imagine those guys all together like mm-hmm. there was god so while all that back stuff's going on yeah yeah and keeping you know dill was like at that point had become like the team captain and you know they were like jake was on and you know dylan and uh, omar and then yeah it was that was a crazy squad oh yeah <laughs> and mike taylor was the odd man out <laughs> yeah i think they kind of yeah <laughs> voted off the island yeah he got it was also remember skating was like Skating's way mellower now. Like back then, it was like really a lot of drama, you know. Like yeah. who's on the team? Who's off the team? Like who's getting kicked yeah. out? It was like so much like gossip and. Man, I remember that the column in Transworld was like a big thing of like the news of who was going where. Yeah. Yeah. Does that even exist? I don't. That doesn't even exist anymore, does it? I don't even know. I haven't read a Transworld in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was like? How did Alien come back then? That was all through you guys? But, and, like, how did it leave as well? It, like, how well, did you guys lose it? So, Habitat and Alien at that point had gotten really separate. You know, the office for Habitat was in Cincinnati, and the office for Workshop was in Springboro, Dayton. So, oh. 
uh, we had kind of started splitting, you know? And um, when, as soon as I saw it happening, I was like, fuck, I got to go to California and work something out. So I went straight to meet Deer Dick. And then I, I just was like, I knew some people at Tumieto and I was like, all right, we need distribution to stay in skate shops. And uh, Kevin and uh, Todd, they helped us, you know, basically just keep it moving in skate shops. So I immediately turned in art for a season as if we weren't going anywhere for Habitat. And the, work, and the workshop stayed in Ohio and, they, and I think they were just like contemplating what to do. So for that whole summer, they were just contemplating what to do. And, and Gilbert, Jake, uh, Tyler, Chad Bowers even, like they were all kind of like waiting to see what would happen, you know? And then mm-hmm. in that wait, as soon as it took so, it took so long, by the time Hill had decided to keep the workshop, Chad had already broken off to start Quasi. Yeah. So uh, then Hill it's and... It's like Bre- the, the death blow. Yeah, yeah. So then Hill and Brennan... I, I was just on Habitat. I, at that point, I was like, fuck, I got to keep Habitat going. Like, I don't, I'm not even going to... I just I just had to focus on that, you know? So I just focused on that. And then those dudes relaunched the workshop. And I, I didn't really have anything to do with that until the workshop hasn't come back to, like... I haven't started... I haven't worked on the workshop, in, you know, for in a long time. Probably, like, two, from 2004 till 2017, I didn't really work on it. Wow. Yeah, it helped with Minefield a little bit on some animations, but it was primarily those guys. And now it's all back together, one big happy family. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's crazy how, which we should have always, it's just yeah. in hindsight, you know. Plus, when you're young, you're so dumb, and, like, people are, like, there's egos, and not, I don't even know if it's, like, people being shitty. It's just you're learning as you go, and we made a ton of weird mistakes. So I feel like... uh in hindsight, we had a really good thing going. <laughs> we pre- we should have just kept it. We should have just bunkered down like after the economy tank and, and just kept ownership and just done it the way we wanted, you know? Yeah. But right. I think everyone was so exhausted, you know? We were so beaten down that yeah, we, we were yeah. like, man, we need, to, we need a partner, or, you know? Mm-hmm. But it ended up being more work than it would have been to do it ourselves. Yeah. Put mm-hmm. yourself through a lot. Yeah. So now there's some dope new blood on Alien. Uh, tell us about the young cats you guys got. Oh, we got a, yeah, we have a good crew. Joey Guevara, uh, Yaje, you guys, you guys know those guys. Sammy, Brandon, Frankie, um, and then I'm missing somebody. Oh, Darius. We just added Darius. Uh, he's from Tennessee, but uh, originally from Cincinnati. And then aside from the team, um, behind the scenes, we got a, a really good squad. Probably, you know, one of the best kind of crews we've had in a really long time. Uh, Rick on the West Coast, and then we got Matt here in Ohio. He's uh, the sales director that Hill actually brought on, um, and, and Matt has ownership. Uh, Hill and Carter still do. Uh, Hill's still doing products and art, and I kind of always just kind of looked at what he's done in the past and what he's doing in the future is just you know the, guide, the guidance for anything I do with workshop, with video stuff, or anything else. Um, and then Brennan, uh, still doing team stuff. We got two dudes filming like, uh, Andy, Licardi and Miguel. And that, that stuff works out. I mean, that's huge. Those dudes are pretty much filming and contributing to the, uh, control room episodes. Uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the both brands together. I don't think we've had this sort of, uh, focus and, and cohesion in a long time. There's one cat who you're missing, but it's because he went into retirement <laughs> prematurely. Paul Liliani. Yeah, Sammy what Montana. The, what the got fuck him? you uh, say, dude? <laughs> uh, Yeah, I don't. I, he, that was his decision, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like Paul a lot. I've I, I met Paul. He's funny. Start a petition for Paul for Liliani 2019. He's is he? What's he doing? Is he making coffee? What is he doing? I saw him jogging around the city the other day. <laughs> I think think he's in school slash maybe opening a pizza shop slash interesting uh the good thing about paul is he comes out once or twice every spring and you're like damn he's back still there (laughs) like it's literally so like just god-given talent yeah skates like you know like especially for like cities that go through winter Mm -hmm. that's the first couple spring sessions is when everyone's skating again oh yeah and then the summer comes and goes you know people fade away but can always count on him to be out a couple times in the spring and it's magic yeah no he's so good he's, he's a funny ass guy too he's a character yeah. he's he's neurotic talk, like he's got he's like picky and like he's oh, got yeah. to a million is that his he's got just got a lot of hang-ups right yeah i heard you guys used to bully him on some trips yo in san francisco and shit <laughs> that was i don't know if it was you but yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> that I'm, makes I'm, more sense brendan's the bully i'm the i'm the nice one but yeah, I spent a couple. Him and Bobby, like we went skating and took him to Chipotle. <laughs> but yeah, fine dining. Yeah, yeah, we hung with him a few days. So before we move off of uh, the Habitat Alien stuff, Habitat shoes, man. Whose idea was it, and why didn't it stick? I mean, the thing with skating is, I mean, you guys know there's like a million skateboard deck brands, you know. So we were like, mm-hmm. basically, like, okay, how do we keep doing something where we can still make shit for skating but not have to compete with all these deck brands and it was like pre again like pre sports sports shoes so uh and also really a lot of it was the team dudes a lot of them didn't have sponsors so i was like you know this could be like a solution this is uh austin guru these guys didn't really have like sponsors they were psyched on so it was like hey would you guys think of this and they were like oh we'd love to have just one sponsor (laughs) You know, and uh, we just did it. it. It was pretty wild. Uh, I mean, some decent shoes, some bad ones, but it kind of mm-hmm. like took away from the art direction on the decks and videos, which is a bummer, you know. Yeah. But it, but it, right. it, 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 it like worked. It like, I mean, they were selling. I mean, they sold better than boards, just because people, you know, more people yeah. wear shoes and sk- skate. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. So it's like broader audience. Yeah, you're gonna get like a, yeah, you're just gonna get people who don't, who never would skate in their lives who were going to buy shoes and mm-hmm. surprisingly shoes that they've never heard the brand heard of the brand you know <laughs> i would always shock me i was always like what dublin we're dublin deck sales <laughs> back then i heard that everyone on the team like had to ride for the shoes too but that not everyone was happy about that or something i don't, I don't know if that was really true i think that was maybe at one point we talked about it like early on in the burton thing but I think that pretty soon after that was like, yeah, like Silas and Stefan and them had good, they had good shoe sponsors, you know. Yeah, like Stefan, did he? I don't think he rode for the shoes. No, did he? no, uh-uh. yeah. Neither did Silas. But like Dela didn't have a shoe sponsor at the time, so that like worked out for him. Al didn't have a shoe sponsor at the time, but we also in Mark Suchu didn't have a shoe sponsor. 
Yeah. But we also like uh, maybe in the very beginning we were delusional, but soon after we were like, all right, if anybody gets a real deal, you know, shoe off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you gotta let them go. Take it. Yeah. And Mark yeah, was the yeah. first to be like, all right, dude. And we were like, yeah, man, <laughs> do your thing. Do it. <laughs> so the control room series has been awesome. Uh, can you give us some insight on the project and? Can you explain to us how the hell Silas Baxter Neal keeps putting out these savage parts Dude. nonstop yeah, over the years? He's unreal. I don't know how he keeps doing it. I, I, I don't think he gets hurt like most people. You know, it's it's mm. it's crazy. Uh, for, okay, so for control room, I mean, basically our so we were working on a full length video, and it just got to the point where we're like, man, we could put this thing out, and the world will see it, and it'll be over in five minutes, and that's exactly. it. Exactly. You know, or I was like, you know, we could do something where we come up with a concept and just keep pushing it and putting parts into that. So we just decided on doing like something that's like a episodal or episodic type of series. And uh, we, I mean, we have so much footage that we're just sitting on and we're just going to kind of come up with different kind of concepts for each, each episode where it's like a trip and a part or two parts or one full length part, you know, and just kind of let trickle them out over the next few years. It's genius. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I right. like that. Makes sense for, for these days. Better than just the one flash in the pan. Yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, most people aren't making it to 35 minutes. Yeah, that's a, that's a big it's commitment, tough. you know? <laughs> yeah. And then to watch it all over again. Yeah, so exactly. Even less likely, right? When's Lowry starring in one, you know? Uh, he, he said he has footage. I talked to him about it. So soon. I'm guessing, I don't know, I got to get with him. The next two, I know what the next two are, so it'll be, we can get a Lowry one together by the summer, I'm sure. Let's go. I know he's got footage he's sitting on. I, I, yeah. Uh, Donald's going to judge it harshly. Now I got to be careful what I say about Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be careful. You guys know him good? Uh, that, Save is really good friends with yeah, him. Yeah, that's, that's my dude, but Donald chirped him one time. And then that was he, in like the second episode we ever did. I know, but then. And the, Kevin heard it, Adidas, and then he Adidas came. Video. We had him on the show later, and he like Oof. let Donald know that he heard his chirp. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even say anything bad. I said I'll give him that one. <laughs> I guess so that is harsh. pretty harsh. <laughs> uh, what was it? His kick nose, Manny. Half cap flip nose, Manny Half into kick. the bank. That was insane. Bangers. That was a banger. Sorry, Kev. <laughs> so, who has been the easiest rider to deal with over the years, and who's been the toughest? All right, let me think here. I think Stefan's really easy to, to work with. Some people don't. Some, I mean, I've heard some people say he's hard to work with. I think he's, like, super easy to work with. As long as he's got, you know, coffee and, you know, the basics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suchu's super easy to work with. I mean, they're, the, the crew now, our modern team, is, like, like, it's, like, skating has changed so much. Like, people actually want to skate now. But, you know, in, in the yeah. early 2000s and late 90s, like, it was hard to get dudes out of the car, you know? They'd be like, nah. <laughs> like, you know, you couldn't really get... It was just a... It was really... People just... That was that was the thing, you know? Yeah. you go to a demo and people would be like, nah, I don't think I'm going to skate today. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that would really... That would never happen now because everyone's like friends and they would get out and skate and, you know, it's just... Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think everyone's pretty easy now. Uh, I mean, I haven't traveled with Fred in forever, but I'm sure that's that can have its moments. Yeah, it's it. But in the past, I mean, you know, the typical, the 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 usual suspects: Wenning, Renaud, Fred, Tim, uh, <laughs> a laundry list, Raymond. 
<laughs> yeah, Dill. A. I mean, shit. Everybody. Damn, the whole squad. The whole squad had their moments. <laughs> yeah. What was up with Raymond? I forgot he. Dude, he, I was uh, thinking about that the other day. You guys I, for a bit. I don't really. He was really still really. He's still really good. I think just him and Brennan weren't like that close. Or it also, I think at the time we had, we had a lot of pressure. Because I mean, you got to think too that this was like my employer. So and they were like, "Hey, you guys, you guys are spending too much money on team. Like, you got to figure this out. Like, you know, sometimes you got to." It was just it was a one of those terrible things that we had to clip them. You know, we had to do that a few times. That's like the worst thing ever. You know, yeah, where you're like friends with someone, but you have to like, you know, clip them, let them go, let them go. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. But then they've done <clears throat> to us too. I've been broken up with plenty of times. <laughs> by skaters <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's no fun too so what's next for joke is trucy man i'm pretty into this control room thing i think that's like i'm pretty focused on that i think that uh i want to do something more with that like apps and i want to mail i want kids to be able to watch that on their tv somehow like through like apple tv or you know i want to do something like with that as like a, a broadcast where we can collaborate on this creative like platform i think it's pretty fun mm-hmm. I like titles. That's one thing. Sorry. That's one thing that's a little bit lost in skating today is you're watching all your skating on your on your cell phones and your computers and your iPads where back in the day everything was on the TV. VHS, DVD on the TV. Exactly. I, I know. I think about that too. Uh, and then let's see here, working with uh, this the, Char- the Charlie Harper estate. It's like a he's an artist from Cincinnati, Ohio who's like a, a mid-century illustrator. And we're working with him on some, like, products that just, like, good graphic design, T-shirts and, like, accessories. So that's that's kind of fun. Nice. Like, working with a dude oh. who was, like, a master, you know, in the, in the 50s and 60s. Very nice. Haha, <laughs> it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost, and it's an honor to be presented by Spitfire Wheels. Spitfire is proud to present Arson Department 4, featuring Spitfire riders from around the globe, including the man, the myth, the legend, Ashadware, Evan Smith, Hajalti Hallberg, Didrik Galasso, Andrew Wilson, Mason Silva, Louis Lopez, Oscar Rosenberg, oh, local legend, Jed Anderson, Dennis Buznitz, and many more. Arson Department 4 will be premiering this week at Ignition Skate Shop in Lancaster, Atlas Store in San Mateo, APB in Hawaii, Escapist in Kansas City, Black Sheep in Manchester, Pleasure Shop in Milan, and finer skate shops worldwide. If you're not lucky enough to make it to one of these premieres, keep your eyes peeled. Thrashermagazine.com will have the video Monday, February 25th. Jed and Ashad in the same video? It's about to be a barn burner. Yo, Joe, let's get this rapid fire popping, bruv. All right, favorite skater? Mike Carroll. Favorite video? Video days. Favorite video part? Gons video days. Favorite style? Probably Gons, too. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Uh, Hoffnagel. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Suchu's pretty amazing. Favorite trick? Probably a tray flip. Hardest trick for you? Dude, a heel flip. Most illegal trick? I don't like switch frontside flips. 
Oh, damn. Yeah. Penny? Uh, <laughs> true. They can be done good. They can be done good. Yeah, okay. Uh, one that never looks good. I still don't, I'm not a big varial flip fan. Mm. Or like dog flip, whatever you want to call it. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Donald's trying to get on that I'm wave these on, days. Hey, yeah. They can look good too. Anything can look good. <laughs> yeah. But rarely. I respect it. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Uh, the one that stands out to me is that Ave switch manual switch tray at Love. Just because it was oh, like, was I remember thinking like, oh, if he lands this one and I was like zooming in, I was like, I'm either going to totally fuck this up or it's going to work and it worked. And I was, I was psyched. Insane. Yeah. That was a crazy one. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed. Fakie tray flip in Spain. Uh, was the fakie tray that gap with the like yeah. just curb at the end, mm-hmm. the long one? Yeah. Oh, damn. That's gnarly. What's the best trick that you've missed filming? I think I lost a trick at Tim. He never forgave me for it. I think it was, what do you do? Front shove, back 5-0, front shove in the middle. I think I lost that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably my biggest. Yeah. I think I fucked that up. I saw my man, Will Marshall, do that this summer, but not in the middle, off the end. First try. Damn. What's the one trick that got away? Probably Stefan, like a long time ago, like switch backs, I flip in a double set or triple set or something, you know? I think in Scotland, I think I remember correctly. He almost switched back, so I flipped a triple set, and he didn't get it. I think that's probably something like that. What's the last new trick you learned? Maybe switch front heel forever Ooh. ago. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Like, like Mokba or something, like playing skate with somebody. Favorite local brand? Uh, Al Davis has a, a brand. I think it's, I forget what it's called. Cousins, I think it's called. Uh, yeah. What are they selling? I think it's like hoodies and printables. And that's, that's the last thing that I saw where I was like, oh, that's pretty sick. And I like Al, oh. so it's cool. Favorite local skater? Doug Corfagan. Oh. Yeah. The, he's like the Tom Penny of this area. Damn. Yeah, he's insane. He pioneered like all the shit that you've seen. All those Ohio spots, the Cincinnati spots that you've seen in like photosynthesis and stuff. That was Doug. He like found all those spots. Worst team rider? I would say I like him now, but technically probably Renaud way back. He's such an <laughs> asshole. But I, 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 now I think he's great. Best team rider? Longest running best team rider, Stefan, because I've known him for so fucking long. Yeah. You know? Nice. So when I think, like, okay, historically, I've known him since he was, like, 22 or something. Worst company? Pacific Vector. Pacific Vector, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what companies do this, but I don't like when people switch up their whole art direction to match what's trending. So anyone that's doing that, I don't like that. Where's trend? Extremes. Either extreme tight pinner pants or extreme baggy pants. Either way. <laughs> I don't like super extremes. <laughs> Where's style? Uh, I mean, my least favorite thing to watch would probably be like Andy McDonald. Like I'm, I don't I'm say he's got bad. I don't. I'm just thinking like, it, aesthetically, that's probably the least. I'd probably like to watch him the least amount. The yellow bucket, man. Can't go wrong. Last person you want on the sesh? Uh, okay. God, this is fucked up. I'm gonna pay for this. Only because I just watched something recently and I thought he was a dick and he said something about me and I was like, and I don't really usually care, but I was like. That's, I just don't think I... That's kind of shitty. I'm going to say Papalardo. Oh, shit. shit. What did he say about you? It wasn't about me. He, like, just quoted some stuff from the past. Like, he was, like... Like, something about Habitat when it started being super lame. 
and it just rubbed me the wrong way because wow. I helped bring him up. So it like pops, dog. Yeah, Damn, so it kind of like bummed me out. And, and I'm just being honest. I, I like him, but I'm gonna say, in skating, if there's that's the only person I can think of where I was like, I didn't like that shit. Kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I yo, you and Grant Patterson, yo. I was gonna say. Damn, pops. Yeah, I was just like, dude. I, you know, After the trade show loop and everything, trade show loop. Don't, like, don't bite the hand. Found, you know, found you. Found him off a of sponsor me tape. Like, you know, I was the one that found the watch a sponsor me tape, and it wasn't that pretty. Damn. But I could see, Woo. I could sense the potential. <laughs> so I, you know, it's perfect answer. All right, Joe. That's gonna wrap up the interview. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of your busy day to uh, step inside Studio E. Yeah, <laughs> anytime. It is time for the post office brought to you by our good friends over at time bomb trading and this week's episode is brought to you by the s silo an evolution from one of s's top heritage styles the silo features the sti energy foam midsole for supreme comfort and is coming to your local skate shop soon don't miss it now let's get into these emails you've got mail all right, first up, we've got an email from Sam Benson. Oh, shit, Mom's is in the post office again? What do you want, Mom? Hi, Sam Donald. I'm behind on my season eight listening. I'm in the midst of episode three as I type this, and I can't help but send you a note as three things are burning in my mind. First, I'm glad you're back with season eight. I listen to pods on my daily walk around the pond, and while I've found a few others in your absence, I always love to hear your voice and catch up on the progress. Long may it last. Oh, thanks. So nice. Daily walk around the pond makes it sound like you live in a, a mansion, but my mom just moved to the country, so it's a little more normal. <laughs> Secondly, and maybe most importantly, uh, we're in season eight, and I still and still only one female skater has been interviewed so far. Surely it's time for another one or two. I know they're out there. Damn. <laughs> Called out. We definitely got to make that happen. Yeah, I'm trying to holler at OG legend Alexis. Oh, Alexis Sablone. Sablone. Yeah, got to talk to her one of these days. That should be the target. I like that. And finally, you're opening each episode with a lot of talk of the CHPO watches because I'm behind in listening and can't answer to win. So I thought I'd go straight to the source and request a box. Maybe throw in some of those beauty Brixton steady comforts in there too. I mean, diamonds on my wrist, along with maximum comfort in any situation. <laughs> Sounds really good to me. And let's make the post office trip worth it and toss in an OG gray hoodie, no? A box for your mom, Seifa? How about it, my boy? Congrats on all the good work with the Bunt Boys. XO, mom. Wow. Now we know where we get, you got it from, man. Oh, asking for boxes? Yo, true. I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Not at all. All you can do is say yes to mom. It's like you're going to take a trip down to the post office for the wrong reason this time. <laughs> All right, Mom. Well, how about you come back to the town and visit because I haven't seen you in a while. And I'll just hand you your box instead of paying for shipping. How does that sound? And guaranteed. Another female skater on the bunt. Season 9, guaranteed. Diamonds on your wrist, guaranteed if you come to Toronto. All right, next up, we got an email from Austin. Yo, what's fucking good, Bunt fam? This the Yubs. I've been listening to your guys' pod for a hot minute. Shit got me rehyped on skating, so big ups. I just wanted to say that I feel like y'all need to give some respect on my boy Ants1. Dude has been steadily putting out skate clips on IG, oh. making them fiery beats. 
and always turning the fuck up at the club. <laughs> I love it, man. Y'all need to give him some more airtime. Dude's been wildin'. Y'all need to let him loose like how you did at the end of season four. Dude's rant was wild. Enough about Ants 1, though. What's your thoughts <laughs> on right. the Pelicans-Lakers trade shit? You guys think the Pelicans were just fucking around with my Lakers? Or do you think the Pels were really down to trade AD? Shouts out to the Bunt fam. Keep fucking killing it, y'all. Yubs. Yo, remember when one time someone was, like, complimenting me in an email and you thought, like, I, I made a burner email and emailed in? You think what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, yeah, we're thinking the same thing. <laughs> you want to hear from Ants? Then you can hear from Ants. Ants, holler at your boy real quick. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to say to that? You guys never asked me no damn questions. But yo, mad respects for writing in that email. Much appreciated. Uh, I know who it is. He follows me on Instagram. So shout out to YubsX1. Yo, and if y'all think I wrote that email, I barely watch basketball. That's not my sport, you know? I watch football. I love football. But, yo, yeah, man, I just, I edit a lot. I do a lot of music videos when I'm not doing the bunt. I work a lot. I have my own video production company, so I do a lot of that when I'm not editing the bunt. And fuck, man, sitting at the computer all day just gets me so antsy. I have a lot of energy enough as it is. That's why these guys say I'm always wildin'. But I love exerting my energy, going to the skate park. I try to do one thing at the skate park every session that I've never done in my life. So even if it's the little things, it, it really keeps me going. And it, it, I leave the sessions every time happy. Like I got there, I was scared of this little thing. I conquered it. And yo, man, that's something that skateboarding gives to me that like, you know, nothing else in my entire life has ever brought me. You know, that, that feeling of conquering something that, that's got you shook, that's got you scared. There's nothing like that feeling. That's why, you know, I'm... I'm part of this process and truly blessed to have skateboarding in my life. And I'm sure everybody who skateboards knows exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. But yo, respect on the email. New beat tape coming after season eight. The Bunt Beats Volume 3. Anyways, enough of my ranting. Much love. Thank you, Ants. As per usual. But straight up, he has been killing it on IG. Ants, keep them story clips coming. We love it. One of the best regs tray flips in the game, man. Uh, that's real talk. Got the Nolly Cabs, the fakey Scrooks, got a nice little bag of tricks. Been doing front 360s off jump ramps since the 90s, baby. 360 Indies. What did I say? Front 360s. He's been doing both. Both. All right. But yo, 2019, man, we, we about to start stacking clips. We just got a nice little snowstorm last night, but as soon as this shit passes, bump boys are in the streets. I feel like we're almost there, man. One or two more of these snowfalls, and then it's March, and then we're there. Straight up. Enough about ants, though, and the weather. Pelicans-Lakers trade. I mean, we've talked about this in the post office, but I feel like the Pelicans GM just, just wanted to stick it to the Lakers, man. And he just got his ass fired. Worth it. But I heard that he was going to get fired if he made the trade with the Lakers, and he didn't do the trade and got fired. But I think it's because AD went to get an MRI with his agent at, like, halftime. And, like, ridiculous. somehow no one told the coach, and he found out in an interview like from a reporter asking a question anyways whatever he's like a, a football dude isn't he the coach dale demps or dale the demps. gm Sorry. yeah i don't know. have something to do or someone has i think he should have taken do. that trade though it's insane man you get five players and two first round picks he's gotta go no but no 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 it's because 
he didn't do it because that trade's still going to be there in the summer and they're trying to tank. So why make that trade now and get a bunch of young heads in there who's going to try and win games? Because then your first round picks are going to get better too because the Lakers ain't winning with, they only got four guys on the team. You're going to get two first-round picks from the Lakers who now only have LeBron and AD's five-on-two for the rest of the season. Because I think their plan was to shut down AD and lose a bunch of games. Until that backfires and then, as well. And then, yeah, also, why not just wait and see what Boston has? Anyways, fuck that trade. It didn't happen. Everyone looks bad, except for the Pelicans. Poor bastards. But uh, Rich Paul, blah, blah, blah. We said it last week. Yeah. That shit was a, a PR nightmare. <laughs> All right, next up, we got not a question, but a story from Worst Bunter, or sorry, Gnarly Baba, subject Worst Bunter. I had so inspired by your tales of extreme bunters in the Strobeck episode, I suddenly remembered the most insane bunter I've come across. Back in 2010, I spent a few months in Barcelona with a couple homies, just skating and enjoying all the great things Barcelona has to offer. We met a lot of dope skaters there, but one of the more weird individuals that we would constantly bump into was this guy that was for obvious reasons named Fakey Varial Double Flip. <laughs> Dude looked bummy as hell and all he ever tried was Fakey Varial Double Flips on flat. I must have seen him try a hundred times while there, but never once saw him land it. We spoke to him once at Makba and he asked us what our favorite tricks were. He proudly says that his was Fakey Varial Double Flip. <laughs> And then went on to try one. He landed on his board, but quickly fell. He freaked the fuck out, started yelling and throwing his board around and left. Damn, that sounds like some black label bunter Mach 10 back tails. Pretty close. Three flips. Yeah. Uh, another highlight from the same trip was when the one and only Wade D came over to our humble squad at Forum and gave us his fries because they were with mayonnaise. And apparently he's more of a ketchup man. Yo, Wade, if I ever see you, fries are on me. Extra ketchup, you dick. <laughs> Leo. True Canadian hospitality right there from Wade D, man. That's how he does it. <laughs> I wonder what size his clothes were. Still. Back at Makba, you could have run into some serious kits, man. Could have been the fakey flip, fakey 5-0 days. The new eras, the good old days. Yeah, the good old days. As far as fakey, very old double flip, it sounds pretty bad, man. You could have fitted in T dot no problem. Gotta <laughs> love those classic epic bunters who like pretend that they expect to land shit that they're bunting. All right, next up, we got an email from Cody Harrison. What's up, guys? My name's Cody, and I listen to you guys all the time at work. I have two questions. What's your opinion on indoor skate parks? Because as a Canadian living an hour north of Toronto in the winter, you basically have no choice to skate outside. And I personally hate indoor parks because of the kids and I don't feel as motivated. My second question, can you only order bunt merch online or do some stores like Blue Tile Lounge or a Drift Carry It? Yeah, man, we feel you with the indoor parks. Sometimes you go there, it's packed. It's hard to get motivated and really get into a sesh, especially when your feet are freezing. Definitely felt those days back at Shred. What else are you gonna do, man? It's necessary. We've had some of the greatest sessions ever at skate parks like Shred, Common Ground, now The Loft. And those guys are doing God's work, man. Shouts to Jimbo, Glenfield, Everett McLean. Without those guys sticking their necks out for all the kids, we'd be all skating outside, man, which on days like today is not possible. Or shitty underground parking lots like the one at St. Clair that Duncan used to claim had, had like hips. five foot tranny and shit. <laughs> 
and like ledges. I remember those hips, man. Fucking speed bumps. Yeah, half a foot. Dusty. The best is that Bohart like mission there with. Uh, he was pissed. McCallum or something, and like off the description of Duncan, like yeah, there's like tranny for miles, like hips. Couple like thirty something year olds showing up to the worst fucking piece of shit underground ever. <laughs> yeah, undergrounds. There's some good ones. Luckily here we have the path that that helped us out a little bit. It's basically like street skating, but without the indoor parks, man, we're screwed. So you gotta learn to love them, I guess, man. And as you get older, you might like them a bit more. Try and get there as soon as it opens, or if it's closing late. Whenever there's less kids flying around. Sometimes it's hard with work hours and shit, but uh, it's winter, man. We got to deal with it. Some of them open at like noon. You got to be there at the door, man. Get a quick hour in and then you're out. Real talk. And as far as the Bunt merch, man, we're completely sold out of Bunt merchandise at the moment, but always new stuff coming. Right now, it's only available online at thebuntlive.com, but man, we got some big plans this year, so you might be seeing it elsewhere eventually. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> All right, that's a wrap for the post office. Thanks for the emails. Still waiting to hear from the legend Theo Banks. Holler at your boy. We're worried about you. The Bunt Live at gmail.com. Welcome to the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. We are super happy this week to have dug up some NFL news to talk about. Feels like it's been forever, man. The NFL never sleeps, and either does Antonio Brown, man. Requesting a trade over Instagram? So jokes. So 2019. (laughs) You gotta be kidding me, man. It's been beaten to death in the media, so I'm just gonna ask you one question, Ghost. If you had to choose Antonio Brown or Ben Roethlisberger, who you keeping? Damn, that's a really tough question. Quarterbacks are obviously more important for your team. And I feel like they got Juju Smith-Schuster, so. The only flip side to the argument is Big Ben is, you know, top top 10 quarterback, but Antonio Brown's like top one, arguably the best wide receiver in the league still, so. Super productive, businesses open 84-7, but the man is turning 30. Statistics show that at 33, wide receivers fall off that cliff, some call it. I I would take three more years of the best wide receiver in football. Over Big Ben. Big Ben's fucking dusty ass is always like talking about retiring and he's such a, I mean, obviously Antonio Brown's a drama queen too, but like Big Ben's like almost worse in a way. He's just such a sensitive fuck who like you can't say anything about him mm-hmm. but he'll talk shit on his whole team in the media like i'm not really the biggest big ben fan yeah that's honest. not the quarterback i want in the huddle either end of the day if i'm the gm of the pittsburgh steelers i put my big boy pants on and i make them work it out man they got to stay together all three of them they already lost Le'Veon bell everyone thought that connor was the answer but he was hot for a minute slowed down they need to keep antonio brown in the fold Steelers man this is their window they have like a potential championship team they need some more pieces you never know when you're gonna get three guys like Roethlisberger Schuster and Brown back again man the crazy just ask the Dolphins bro they should have trade I mean they should have just fucking paid Love Bell that was so 100% like think about like Juju was just starting to turn up last season like if if they had Lev Bell this oh whole year, like they would have been so unstoppable. 
heard Jalen Rose say this. It's just been all downhill since Shazier got hurt, man. True. Little team. When you lose a big guy like that defense. in the locker room, too. Yeah. The fan in me would want to keep Antonio Brown, but the, the GM, I guess I'm keeping Big Ben. But at the same time, they got to start looking, man. Looking for a, a, backup, a replacement a at quarterback? Replacement. Yeah. A couple guys in the draft this year. I don't think their pick's high enough to get either of them, though. Some good news came out of the NFL this week. I guess it's good news. You never really know. Colin Kaepernick wins his collusion suit against the league with Eric Reed. Reports say 60 to $80 million. The man secured a bag. But more so than anything, I want to watch Colin Kaepernick play again, man. I know. It's so does this guarantee that he's never coming back? This is retirement money. This is hush money. He goes away and he's quiet forever. I feel like it. Like they were already annoyed with them just for kneeling which is so dumb like it um the ex-commissioner of the nba david stern said if he was in the nba he'd have a job oh and yeah no one doubts that that's so true like yeah i heard that interview that nfl was... players do stuff that's so fucked up mm-hmm. and get their jobs back like kareem hunt's thing was kind of not even like the gnarliest of examples out no, there we'll get to that. but he already you know any joe yeah. mixon tyreek hill it's crazy and these guys they're beloved and like we even love them just for fantasy but like yeah. it's always this dark thought in the back of your mind like oh yeah like you're cheering from but oh yeah this guy's actually fucked he's a piece the, of shit off the field and they still all have jobs this guy just fucking kneeled for social injustice and he's done like the nfl's got some serious issues the nfl's fucked and this is what i heard is that when one guy does that say kareem hunt he's affecting who the Chiefs, right? He's a check affecting the Chiefs' bottom dollar. But Colin Kaepernick went after the whole of the NFL. So when you don't have to be the voice behind it, like Jerry Jones, just saying because he's the most noble owner, not saying he did this or not, but he can be going to the NFL. You don't even see, see that it's him in the public. He's complaining about his bottom dollar. The Jaguars GM, whoever's GM, you know what I mean? They can all be complaining. 30 different teams complaining about Colin Kaepernick affecting their bottom dollar, not just one. Yeah, but no. fucking right for Colin Kaepernick. Go after all of them, man. And he did, and he'll he'll forever be remembered as a goddamn hero, man. To what you were saying was that you're done for good now. I think so because if he was already annoying them to the point of not getting a job before they had to pay him sixty mm-hmm. to eighty million, after paying him, they're even more done. With Who him, even you know? knows what's in that agreement that he had to sign to end the suit? But, but not definitely happy for him. Absolutely, Colin Kaepernick will live on forever, man. No doubt. From some good news to, who knows, some call it bad news. Who knows what to make of it. Kareem Hunt has signed with the Cleveland Browns. I'm disappointed. First of all, you don't even you didn't even really need Kareem Hunt. He's a, a crazy talent, but you got Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson. Your backfield was doing absolutely fine. The Cleveland Browns were finally on the up and up, and then they signed Kareem Hunt, man. I understand it. You want all the assets you can get. Trade him, do whatever, sign him. He's not going to play till at least halfway through next year, but it's just bad PR for a team that was finally yeah. finally doing good. Yeah, I don't love the landing spot, but we, we knew this was coming. We knew he was going somewhere, yeah, but I'm just a little disappointed in the Cleveland Browns, man. Well, what else is new? Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> just don't want to be, man. I mean, we've already accepted. It's like what we were just saying. Like, we just push it to the back of our minds what these guys do. We've already done it with so many players. Uh, it's obviously going to eventually happen with him. And, I mean, that's that's a sad truth about us as fans that we just end up just forgetting, forgetting it. Not forgetting, but just kind of 
looking the other way. Um, Dude, that's why I was thinking about the girl that threw the chair off the balcony. <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. In two weeks, we're going to completely forget about how big of a piece of shit she is. Yeah. You know, like, I want to carry that hate forever for, well, against people like did that. Did you see the Instagram post by the six at six? No, what? He found, like, pictures of her and she's like some next level like hot like brazilian girl with like a big fake ass and great shit, posting like lingerie and i'm like oh forgive it <laughs> oh but his thing was like i'm gonna go to the police station and pretend i'm her dad and like just like obviously he wants to like make it like she's so hot <laughs> back to football the cleveland browns you let us down again man yeah, I should have gone to the Colts, man. Marlon Mack ain't the answer. So you've forgotten already. <laughs> Let's move over to the NBA. It's been beaten like a dead horse, but it was the all-star game this past Sunday. I got to say, hats off to the NBA, man. Might be the greatest league in pro sports. Just an enjoyable experience all weekend long. You got to see Quavo banging in the celebrity game. Then you see Joe Harris banging in the three-point contest. And then they saved the best for last. A really uh, a really good game for Sunday night. Yeah, the dunk contest still kind of a letdown. Oh, John Collins was my up. pick to win. That's why I didn't mention it. Yo, that, but the highlight of the dunk contest, uh, the best dunk was over Shaq. Yeah. Diallo, that was dope. He did that in high school. But the second best dunk in the contest was John Collins over the plane. It was so because bad. Because it was a low light? It was so bad that, yo, we, I was dying laughing. Like he The took man so took long. like seven minutes to get set up with uh. the Wright brothers and like seven dudes coming out of a plane. And then he hits the plane on the way up and it's the most basic dunk. That was oh, so bad that it was good. Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine officially ended the slam dunk contest. This is what I, this is what I heard from Rude. Next year, Zion's a rookie. So... We can expect him in the dunk contest. If he doesn't do it, like that's a huge, huge letdown. He's got to do it. It's in Chicago, and dude was saying that Zach Levine might do it again because it's in Chicago. Ooh. And Aaron Gordon said if Zach does it, he's doing it. So like, we're starting with that big th Zion. That's all Zach, we need. Yeah, and then I feel like if those three are in it, that'll get someone else epic to fucking do it. Maybe Vince Carter's still in the league and comes back. <laughs> Yo, we could, should get Steph in there. You see Steph Duncan? Yeah. Yo, Steph so could sick. run it. But uh yeah. NBA All-Star weekend, amazing. The games, I'm I'm glad they do the teams now because the games they actually started playing defense like oh, yeah. with five minutes left in the third, which was good to see. So much like tribute shit for Dwayne Wade and Dirk. Yo, how sick was Dirk coming out banging threes, three Deep for three. threes. Bro. Oh man, yo! In the three-point contest, did you see the arc this guy was putting on his threes? Yeah, oh, in the rafters, man. Dude, he started off with like ten bricks straight or something. I was like, <laughs> oh no! But then luckily he got hot and he had a better score than Middleton and Kemba, so it wasn't That's too crazy. embarrassing. So now that it's all over, we're in the back half of the NBA season. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. We're talking the eighth seed in both conferences. In the West, it's a three-way race at the moment. The Clippers the Lakers, and your Sacramento Kings, man. If you have to pick one, who are you choosing? Who do you think is going to get in? And if possible, who would you like? To, I guess it's the same. Who do you think is no, getting it's, in? It's different because yeah, you want you know someone to get I in, LeBron. but you, who do you think is getting in? So you want the Kings. I want the Kings to make it, but just like the game yesterday, team team Giannis is up by 20. I'm like, I know team LeBron's going to come back. And yeah. I just, it sucks hating LeBron because he wins. 
more often than not not in the finals though yeah luckily where it matters most <laughs> but uh it's just one of those things where especially when you hate someone you feel like the league's colluding for them like mm-hmm. you know how bad the nba wants lebron in max the playoffs Kellerman says the league is colluding against the lakers yeah fuck max kellerman he's fucking <laughs> such the biggest lebron dick rider uh i feel like i feel like the lakers are gonna make it and the kings are just gonna miss out it's gonna be one of those things in the last week every game matters but the the lakers have the fourth toughest schedule remaining fourth or fifth so i hope that all that trade talk keeps them losing uh to teams like atlanta (laughs) i'm going on wax and saying that the lakers are missing the playoffs yes I hope so. They're not going to make it. Unfortunately, either are your Sacramento Kings. What the? Lou Will and Harrell are taking the Clippers to the playoffs. Okay, let me tell you something about the Clippers. And I love the Clippers, but the second they traded Tobias Harris was this season does not matter. And yeah, they to get them, to, but the players still want to yeah, play. But they get to keep their first round pick if they're in the lottery. So some funky shit's going to go down. I didn't know Lou that Will, little ring. Yeah, that's what I'm God saying. God damn it. They trade Tobias. The- they, they got their two max slots. They traded Tobias Harris, their best player, and they get to keep their pick if they don't make the playoffs. I hate this talk about the max slots, man. You're not even going to get anyone, most likely, for Christ's sake. <laughs> hey, LA. Dude, the crazy thing is the four teams with max slots are the two biggest markets. Brooklyn, well, New York and LA. Clippers, Lakers, two yeah, max slots. Yeah, you see slots. the way Kyrie was looking at KD last night? They might be linking up, man. <laughs> on, the, on the Clippers. But uh, I'm sorry to say that the Clips... It ain't happening for them. It's between the Lakers and the Kings. The players have any choice. Lou Will and Harrell are taking them there, man. And Shy, good old Canadian boy. They ain't laying down for no one. That's my man right there. Moving over to the East, it's a four-way race. We've got Charlotte, Detroit, Miami, and Orlando. Who you think's going to make it, and who do you want to make it? Uh, They're going to be playing Milwaukee, so. Yeah, someone's getting swept. I think Miami's going to make it, whether they're the eighth or seventh seed. I just, I don't see Dwayne Wade just kind of fizzling into, like, I feel like they're going to rally around him and be like, let's give our boy. You don't think Miami could win a couple games against Milwaukee? No, they could, too. That's what I'm saying. I think they got it. They had a. Not the series. I think they. They they, win two games. They lost in five, I want to say, to Philly. I don't actually remember. Uh, that was but, a good series, though. But the, every game was really close. Yeah. yeah so I, I think I, Miami's I think, always able to make a game out of it. Exactly. They they play too hard. They're well coached. But man, they lose to some dusty teams. Like they they're, they're not that good this year. Um, they've had a bunch of injuries. Like Derek Jones Jr. out for months. Dragic out for months. Dion Waiters just came back recently. Man, I'm saying. I think Miami will make it, and I want Miami to make it because I think that would be an interesting first-round series. Yeah, and, and we want to see Dwayne Wade at least make the playoffs in his last season. Yeah, and I want to see Milwaukee have a tough time. I want to see them play more than four games in the first round. Yeah, I think Brooklyn holds on to their They're staying at six, six or seven. They might even move up, man. They're playing lights out. They got Karras back. Dinwiddie's coming back. I like watching Brooklyn. Yeah, they play hard, too. And then... As far as that last one, it's such a toss-up, but we've seen Kemba and them, you know, hold on to that one of those last playoff spots and get smashed in the first round. But we've also seen Detroit do the same thing. It's a toss-up. And then the Magic have randomly won five straight. They got rid of Jonathan Simmons, and all of a sudden, Jonathan Isaac is popping off, averaging like three blocks per game mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks or two or something. But I, I have no no answer. If I had yeah, to pick one... Or we're talking the Hornets, Pistons, and Magic. 
I'll say Detroit. Whatever happens, all f- like the eight through five seed are going to get smashed in the first round. All right, yo. That's going to wrap up episode six, man. That was a fun one, brother. <laughs> Shouts to Sam Benson, your mom. We love you. Thanks for writing in, mom. Yeah. Talk to y'all next week. Peace. YouTube had a grip a life-size tech deck.